Well, good morning, guys and ladies. Like knocking stuff over already. Um, and I'm uh, excited to bring the word because I know it's definitely, um, you know, something that God has been ministering to me about a lot recently and uh, something that God has been dealing with me on. Um, and I'm also kind of like terrified, which, you know, I think to an extent sometimes is normal, but this is just like such a uh, a personal thing for me. And I hope, um, you know, that you guys can be encouraged by this. My, my aim in this is not to, you know, put together a, a good sermon and sound good for you guys, is to really uh, hopefully give you guys the tools and, you know, the revelation that God has given me in seeking him about in this area so that we can all grow in this area as a body because I think that it's something that to, certain, to a certain extent we all deal with, right, because... Something that we all deal with is hurts. Something that we all deal with is hardship and, you know, different seasons like Pastor Paul was saying. And um, Specifically, I want to kind of like talk to you guys about, you know, what it looks like and, and why it's important to be vulnerable and how that relates to becoming somebody who's faithful in the process of time and, and more consistent in their relationship with God, right? And um, just jumping right into it um, and talking about vulnerability, there's a couple things that, that make it really hard, right, for us to be vulnerable. And um, the two things I want to talk to you guys about this morning specifically are um, expectations and past hurts. Expectations and past hurts are things that make it really tough to be vulnerable with other people, make it really tough to open up and just let people know where you're really at, right? Because subconsciously, whether you know it or not, you place expectations on the relationships that you have with people. In all of our relationships, there's some level of expectation there, right? But the thing is about expectations is oftentimes when they're not meant, met, they lead to disappointment. And disappointment can be something that can really take us off course and distract us from what we're supposed to be doing, what God would have us do, right? We ought to love others unconditionally. We hear it all the time, and, and the love that the Bible speaks about is an unconditional love, right? The same love that God gave us unconditionally, not expecting anything in return. An unconditional love doesn't place expectations on its recipient, right? And um, unhealthy or unrealistic expectations can lead to some really bad hurts and pains in our lives. And anybody who's been at this for a while, I'm sure, could raise their hand in agreement with me and say, man, yeah, there's been times where I've been really hurt by other people because they let me down. There's been times where I've opened up and they've used those things that I share with them against me. And that's why it's important to have love as our motive, right? And I don't want to dig too far into that, but love, keeping love the main thing helps us to not create unrealistic expectations for ourselves or for others, right? Because we could have unrealistic expectations of ourselves too. And that can lead to some frustration. It could lead to feeling like, you're a mistake. It could lead to 
a really bad place, and I've been in that place for so long, and, you know, the last thing I'd want to do is see anyone else have to go through that. Being vulnerable, you know, it's like this two-sided coin, right? And I'm, we need to be vulnerable. We need to have people who can speak into our lives, right? But on the same side, it also opens us up to rejection. It also opens us up to criticism. And the thing is, though, is that criticism, when it's from the right person, it can be invaluable. It can help us to grow. So it's this interesting thing. But even in the hurts of life, you know, God has a purpose that can never be understood in the moment, right? And there's been times where I've been horribly mishandled by people, whether or not, you know, it was because of unrealistic expectations, whether or not it was because they were just way off the mark as in the position that they had in my life can, is left to be uh, left up for discussion for another time. But I want to tell you guys this morning that your greatest test in this area will not be to just sit there and not react back to somebody when they try to mishandle you or when they try to overreact to you, but to choose to see God's purpose. Choose to see what God is, is using that for in your life instead of just staying hurt and staying down and staying closed off. And furthermore, another great test you'll face in this area is how you choose to handle the people who mishandled you. Will you stay hurt forever? Or will you pick up the pieces and move forward? And we, of all people, have the security in Christ to be vulnerable and be okay. But these things, expectations and hurts, make it so hard. So, so hard. I know because I've been there. And when we have a hurt, and we all deal with hurt to some degree, we need to let God heal us. Right? And our immediate reaction oftentimes, it's like a, a natural instinct thing to just like step back and cover it up, right? And not, not to let anybody see that we're weak in a certain area or not to let anybody know about insecurities that we might have so that nobody could hurt you in that way again. But if we leave our wounds covered up, they don't get better. As a matter of fact, if you want to talk about like real life, scientific, you know, practical, practically speaking, if you cover up a wound and it goes unaddressed, there's a big chance of it getting infected and becoming way worse than it had to be in the first place. When you don't deal with it, when you don't let it into the open, and in the same respect, a wound that you open up, right, to even the, the light of the sun and the air hitting it will heal a lot faster than a wound that's covered up. You have to bring your hurt out into the light of, of God's love. And when you do that, you'll see regardless of how ashamed you've been made to feel by others that nothing can change the way that God sees you. 
There's a quote that reads, if you don't heal what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. And you can't minister from an open wound. You can't walk someone through you haven't walked through yourself to completion. Maybe there's someone in your life that needs to hear about how you overcame some hurt in your life, but because you haven't gotten healed, all they hear is your bitterness towards somebody else, your resentment, your apprehensiveness. Because when you leave a wound unhealed, you bleed all over people who didn't cut you, who didn't do anything to hurt you. You bleed on the people you're supposed to help. You can't minister from an open wound, but a scar can tell a story. A scar can say, yeah, I had to go through this, but I still have my joy. I had to go through this, but God saw me through. The hurt and the pain, he saw me through to the other side. A scar is a sign that a wound has been healed. And when you aren't vulnerable, something that it opens us up to is feeling alone and feeling hopeless. And you can have all of the support in the world, all of the people around you, all of you in this room have that. And you can still feel totally alone and totally hopeless. Because refusing to open up and be vulnerable isolates us from the people that God wants to use in our lives. It may not be comfortable to be open, to be transparent, but that's how the body of Christ was designed. That's how it grows. Different people offer us different perspectives of ourselves that we would never have been able to see. People have the ability to see the weak spots in your armor that you would never be able to see for yourself. And I've often felt like, because of a lack of vulnerability, that I'm standing in front of a mountain with a shovel by myself. And I just feel like, I have felt like in the past that I've just been in this impossible situation. And there's a lot of verses that I take hope in, but one that comes to mind often when I'm in that place is 2 Corinthians 4.17. It says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Although you have circumstances that are specific to you, there are other people who are in the same boat as you. There are always people who have been through similar things that have something to offer you. And when we close ourselves off to them, we close ourselves off to the help that they can offer. You all have people around you. I'm speaking to everyone in this room. You all have people around you that want to give you the benefit of the doubt and see the best in you, people that want to be a friend to you, people that want to lend a hand to you. You all do. There's a quote I want to share with you from Charles Stanley. It says, friendship is absolutely essential to a full life, but friendship, first of all, with Jesus Christ. You know, there's three kinds of people that you're going to run into in this world. 
people that love you for you. And those people are few and far between. People that genuinely love you for you, for who you are. You're going to run into people who love you for your mission. They agree with what you're doing, and they're all for it. But their commitment to you goes only as far as your mission. And then you're going to have people that just straight up hate you. But when your mission is Christ, you can always find someone to come alongside of you. You still need to use wisdom in who you allow into your life. Because people that hate you don't need to know your dreams and your hopes for your future. But you don't want to set yourself up to be hurt. But you need to be vulnerable where it counts. You may have all the support in the world, like I said, but when you refuse to open up, you squander it and can't receive it. And guys will come here and they'll do an entire 12-month program and refuse to open up and go back out. And the same thing that was waiting for them when they walked in the doors is waiting for them outside. So I just want to have a, a moment of transparency here as we get ready to move on and close the word with um, things that have helped me to take a lot of peace in this area, you know. But um, I've had a lot of difficulty in my relationships because I'm terrified of being vulnerable, right? I've had multiple times where people that I really looked up to really let me down. Or times where I would be overlooked because of my age or lack of experience. And the times where I would try to help or just do what I felt like God was telling me to do, I just felt like I was doing too much. So I would stop and I would pull back and I would be withdrawn and I would be apprehensive. Because I kept having these same issues over and over and over and over again. I would just translate it to, man, there's got to be something wrong with me. I would be so full of regret feeling like I just talked way too much and man, I must just be so overwhelming that nobody wants to deal with me once they really get to know me. And I've had people that I've considered mentors in my life just totally stop reaching out to me. I would try, and I would feel like I was forcing it. So I just had to let go, and not knowing why, I could never seem to meet the mark in this area. I've had times where I've gone to people with personal things I was struggling with, and because of my position in ministry, or whatever you want to call it, I was just told to get it together, or get over it, in other words. And I felt like I couldn't open up without having to deal with this regret and this anxiety and the shame that would come along with it. And I would just tell myself, I'm just doing too much. I just got to be quiet. And it made it so hard for me to open up to anyone. I learned to bottle up my issues and keep people out so they couldn't hurt me again. 2 Corinthians 12 9 and 10 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. And I could tell you that what I'm sharing with you guys about hurts and expectations that I've had to walk through these things myself and they've really caused me to suffer in my relationships with people and I don't want that for anybody here. I can't open up because this person is just going to hurt me too. I'd rather just take on the world by myself than use the help that's around me. And I'm tired of bleeding on people who didn't cut me. So how do you break this cycle, right, of, of inconsistency and just can't stick with it and feeling like you can't open up? You know, something that's helped me a lot is, is the process of time and just reflecting on that and learning to be faithful. Because for as many times as you can look down at the shovel in your hands and the mountain in front of you, I'm sure you can look back at just as many times that God has seen you through. What's so special about the mountain in front of you? Is it any different than the ones that God has moved before in your life? Than the ones that God has moved in my life and men before me? What's so special about the mountain you're faced with now? For every difficulty that I wish I didn't still have to deal with. I can look back and think of something that God has seen me through. Thank God I'm not bound to heroin anymore. Thank God I don't smell like an ashtray everywhere I go because of smoking cigarettes. Thank God I don't feel like lying and stealing and cheating all the time. Thank God I don't look like death anymore. What about those mountains? Thank God that when people look at my life, they can see hope. What about those mountains? In light of all you've seen me through, God, this mountain is nothing I haven't seen before. I know you'll see me through like you always do. And eventually, speaking to everyone here in this room and using just what I've been through in your situation, eventually you'll be able to look back at your life each and every one of you here before me and say, man, that thing I was having such a hard time dealing with, it doesn't even bother me anymore. It just fell off me. You'll see that just by being faithful in the process of time, that God has brought you leaps and bounds closer to becoming the person that you want to be. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, Immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I want to tell you this morning that you can start off small or start off bad, and it's okay. No one expects you to be, you know, a superstar out of the gates. And not that I've got there by any means. But it's just important that you get going. Don't set unreachable goals for yourself. Just put your shovel into the dirt and throw it behind you. And you get another shovel full and throw it behind you 
and on and on and on. And before you know it, the mountain that was in front of you will be gone. How many mountains has God moved in your life? Some of you couldn't even go 24 hours without getting high. And now you've been here for months. What about that mountain? What's so special about the one that's in front of you now? No difficulty has ever taken God by surprise. That includes the difficulty that you face now and the ones that you'll face to come. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That sounds like somebody consistent to me. And on that note, I want to just paint a picture for you guys and have you tell me if anybody, any of you have ever felt this way before. So just imagine with me for a second, you're running your race, you're reading your Bible every morning, you're trying hard, you're fighting sin, and you know what? You're winning, actually, in your life for the first time, for the second time, for the 30th time. You couldn't feel more connected to God, and then, bam, you fall. You fall short. You feel like you've let God down. You feel depressed. You feel like a mistake. And what can break us free from that cycle of inconsistency? The gospel. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8 says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. I want to just paint this picture for you guys, for you to understand what, where you are at positionally in Christ. When you become a Christian, you become something else. In a sense, you almost become the person that you wish that you could be. And in the moment of salvation, God positionally sees you before himself as perfect. When God looks at your record of wrongs, he sees nothing. He sees the record of his son, Jesus. The Bible says that we actually become an entirely new creation in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And the more that you see your status with Christ, loved, forgiven, the more you will actually become the type of person that Christ already sees you to be. When you believe in Jesus for salvation, you receive a friend, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the more you can get it in your head, the measure of love that Jesus had in saving you, the more you will begin to change and respond to the love he has given you. That's why the Bible says that we love because he first loved us in 1 John 4, 19. And knowing this truth changes everything in regards to the way that we view our own setbacks and our own failures and our own inconsistencies. Right after you've blown it and screwed up and failed, remember who you are. 
Don't believe that you need to be better before you come to Jesus. You are enough already because of Christ. Don't wallow in your shame. Let it take you to the cross. Greg, if you want to come up. You aren't a mature person because you don't get knocked down. I want to say that again because I want you guys to understand this. You are not a mature person because you don't get knocked down. Everybody gets knocked down once in a while. But what is the sign of maturity is how quickly you can get back up. You aren't a mature person because you don't get knocked down. You show maturity in how quickly you get back up. Be consistent in the gospel. Your behavior will follow. Be consistent at putting yourself at God's feet each and every morning. Be consistent in laying your life down, laying your will down. Be consistent in letting go, not taking a hold of things that we have no business trying to manage, and white-knuckling life, barely holding on. The more you grow, the more of yourself you'll need to learn to surrender. The aim of the Christian life is not to feel like you're consistent enough, but to actually rest in how consistent God's love is for you. This rest and this freedom, use it. Use it to run to Jesus, to follow God, to serve him. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. You know, in the other morning, I got up and I saw the most beautiful sunrise. I think Far Rockaway has the best sunrises in New York City, Pastor Gary. We just get to see it first before anyone else. It reminded me that as sure as the sun rises every morning, that every day God has new mercies for us and new opportunities for us to put our best foot forward. And I want to reassure you this morning that God loves you and that nothing could change that. And I want to close our time together. I know it's something a little different, but, um, you know, there's been this song that's really been ministering to my heart, and I want to uh, close singing it together almost as like a prayer. So, and then uh, Pastor Paul, if you want to come close the service afterwards. So now, if you don't mind, actually stand in just one more time.